0: Welcome back, my friends, to the Aerospace Business and Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Faust. And in today's episode, we will continue our discussion on MRO breakthrough performance. And in part three today, we'll cover keeping it real with our customers. If you haven't already, I encourage you to go back and listen to episodes one and two, which covered the first two steps of the process of metrics and creating a simple accountability system around your MRO organization. And continuing with the series today, we'll cover the customer aspects of that. It's clear that our customers are easily impacted by our performance. When we're performing well, our customers tend to be happy. They tend to be engaged with us on many different levels. But when our performance begins to slide, it's easy to see that relationship with our customers slide as well. So during times of poor performance or performance that's struggling, it's absolutely critical that those relationships are as authentic as possible and transparent as possible. It's much easier to say this, of course, when performance is strong and you have a regular ongoing dialogue with all of your customers. And it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that happens over a period of time where you've connected with them on a deeper level to really relate the organization's performance and how they benefit the customer's operations. When I think of customer, I think in terms of our end customer. Is it an airline? Is it another MRO shop that you're feeding a an assembly or another part into. Is it a DOD customer, for example? Is it a Boeing? Is it an Airbus? Is it a Boeing defense? It can be any type of customer. But when we make commitments as an MRO and we fall back on those commitments, it creates a lot of disruption, as you might guess, with our customers. You have to play the long game here and create these deep, meaningful relationships with your customers. When times are great, the relationship is typically not cultivated as deeply. But when performance slides, the relationship requires a connection that is not only more formalized, but one that recognizes that there are setbacks in performance and one that has to be more transparent so the customer can believe and trust in what you're saying. It's absolutely human nature that we want to shine the very brightest light on what we do with our customers. For example, when we say we're going to ship something, we give a little bit more of an optimistic date or spin on it. Yep, you're going to have it by Friday, for example. But we know we're not going to ship it until Friday and it's not going to arrive till Monday or Tuesday. Little things like that create disruptions and create trust issues that you have to overcome. When we put forward these plans and recovery schedules and forecasts, they have to be credible. And forecasts cannot simply be a hope cast, one that you hope you will achieve, one that, you know, if you have perfect weather and everybody comes to work as scheduled and all the planets align and you have a lunar eclipse and all these things occur, that one time out of a thousand you could deliver to that forecast. That is a hope cast. That is not real. That is not something you should sign your name to or go forward with a customer with because it will simply create just more of a disconnect and and more of a difficult time rebounding and recreating some magic with them. And make no mistake about it. Customers absolutely have a sixth sense. They know when things are going well. They know when things are not going well. Their day is filled with drama, And a lot of uh, uh, distractions that they have to deal with. So when things are going well, they're not spending a lot of time thinking about you and your company and how things are going. But when things don't go well, they're getting a lot of top-down pressure from their leadership as to how are you going to recover this business and how that's going to affect their operations. So it's important that you and within your team create a good organizational mindset to support that expectation. And it's important to put forward an unfiltered and non-political plan to each customer to ensure that it's believable. It's not, again, a hope cast that it's rooted in fact, it's rooted in reality, and it's rooted in something that they can take to their leadership and communicate a story of commitment and credibility that will create so much goodwill between you and them, even if things aren't going well. And with this situation, they're not going well. And it's important that you create this connection with your contacts at your customer so they can mitigate their own personal risk and their own political risk because when they communicate these messages of poor performance and recovery, if it doesn't happen based on what you've shared, they're going to feel a lot of pressure. And then that pressure will then in turn be put back on you, and then any ability to create trust down the road is highly compromised. So you just really have to think about that as you work with your customers to mitigate risk. It's also important to mitigate this risk because they need and expect to take certain actions to protect themselves. I'm not saying it's going to cause them to try to get out of a contract or an agreement with you, but they have to look at their spares level. They have to understand if they have so many flights and so many failures with a certain part based on their analytics, they have to have pre-positioned stock of spares across their network and their pre-positioning points. So if you have a valve that you can't deliver on because of an MRO issue within your business, and your customer has a spares level of five valves based on your ability and commitment to perform when things are healthy, and all of a sudden you can't, They may need to up their stock to 10 valves to be able to mitigate and buffer the risk of you not performing. So it's important that your transparency and your forecast are not rooted in shining that bright light on things that aren't real, but it's rooted in reality and transparency, not only from a relationship standpoint, but from a risk mitigation of their business standpoint. So that's very important as well. And you have to focus on your top few customers. If you have 100 customers and that's not uncommon in in an MRO, you can't focus on all 100 customers and expect to make a meaningful difference with any of them. We know that all customers are not created equal. As much as we'd like to to think and say, yep, the customer is always right. The customer always uh, will get our very, very best in every situation. That's something that we should strive for. But absolutely, if you have 100 customers, there's probably five to 10 customers that make up 80% of your work and 80% of your plan. So you have to look at those five to 10 customers or whatever it is for your organization as the high degree of focus you have to have. And your team alignment and how you put together these recovery plans needs to first be centered around these top X customers, whether it's five, six, two, ten, 10, it doesn't matter. If your customers are Southwest Airlines, American Airlines, and Alaska Airlines, for example, and your next three or four customers are far down the list in terms of revenue, impact, contractual obligations, and things to that nature, you've got to focus on those three airlines first. And you've got to make a very determined effort to give them absolute 100% transparent, unfiltered, non-political feedback so they can protect themselves. Because when they do that, even if things go wrong, even when things aren't at their best, they will remember that you were honest with them. They will remember that you made the best effort to help them through this difficult time. And I'm not saying mistakes won't be made. And I'm not saying the recovery plan that you present or communicate will be perfect. And it's likely not to be, but it's based on the best information you have at the time. And you're sharing that best information and making it very transparent and unfiltered. It reminds me of a situation I had with UPS Airlines. And as you know, UPS is a major US freight carrier that travels globally. And when you think about schedules and being on time, they have so much invested in their package delivery across their system and network. If they have late deliveries and late package deliveries, they are absolutely on the hook for giving customers discounts and, and freebies. So they cannot afford, like anyone, but they really cannot afford to have delays or surprises. So what happened to me in working for a Fortune 100 company is we were really struggling. I arrived in the organization. Uh, we had a lot of digging out to do, and we had uh, a lot of customer issues, I would say. And it was driven by driven by a couple of things. It was driven by our Uh, struggle and inability to deliver parts when we said we would, driven by our supply chain and gaps of getting piece parts delivered to us. But what made it even worse is that when we talked with the customer, we would present a rosy picture. We would present a picture that wasn't authentic. We'd present a picture that we knew that there was a fairly good likelihood that it would not be, uh, we would not be able to deliver to. But knowing that it got us out of a difficult conversation or knowing that it created some short-term goodwill, it was the way the organization and many organizations, frankly, typically communicate. So knowing this, I intentionally reached out and created a different dynamic with UPS. As a matter of fact, I spent time, I drove the six hours from where I was up to the UPS Airlines headquarters in Louisville, Kentucky, sat down with their leadership, put out on the table, here's where we're at, here's all the rationale and the reason behind it. We're really sorry, we are going to get better and here's how bad it really is and here are the things we're going to do and how long it's going to take us to do them. Granted, they were not very happy with the performance. They were not very happy with the communication to that point. But one thing I recognized and that I noticed is that they appreciated the willingness for us to physically come see them at their facility and put it out on the table and recognize that we were broken and recognized that there was so much more to do. And that created this instant rapport and connection with them. Did they say, yeah, hey, really, great job? Absolutely not. Very unhappy, but they realized that there was something we were doing differently than what we had done in the past. So I made some professional connections. I wouldn't say friends at this point, but I certainly made the connections And there was an appreciation that we had each other's cell number. I committed to following up with them on a cadence of feedback and providing them updates along the way. That went a long way in building another layer of trust between us. So going forward from there, I made sure that I personally reached out as the leader of the organization. I made sure to personally reach out to them and provide them updates. And when things slipped, I called them up and I said, hey, I have I have bad news, this slipped and here's why. It wasn't, hey, it slipped, sorry about that. It was, hey, here's what slipped based on what I had originally sent to you or we discussed, but here's why it slipped and here's what we're doing about it and here's the commitment I have to, to stay in contact with you and keep you updated. So as we worked through and as we dug out of this situation over a period of one, two, three months, it showed this incremental improvement. And with incremental improvement, you have a chance. If you're staying flat or you're not showing improvement, it's going to be very difficult for your organization to build the credibility and connection with each one of those top tier customers. So think about it in terms of what can we do over the next day, two days, 10 days, 30 days to show this slow, incremental day-by-day, week-by-week improvement of the current performance. They'll want it faster, but more important than quick is sustainable. Sustained incremental improvement is the key to long-term success in MRO performance and customer relationships. So just think about that in terms of it, it didn't get into this poor situation overnight. It is certainly not going to come out of this poor situation overnight. It's going to take some time. Communicate clearly and effectively as to what that incremental improvement should look like and will look like, and share that internally with your leadership and with your employees. They need to know what's going on outside of the organization with our customers and with your customers, not just what's going on inside the organization with repairing parts and getting them to the shipping dock. Once you make the connection between your employees, the organization, and the customer, and can relate that very transparently, and then reach out and have phone calls with them, reach out and go visit them, it's going to make a difference. It's going to show a good faith effort to get better. And when you do that, you have a chance. And when you have a chance, you can create MRO breakthrough performance. And as we close up this week on part three, keeping it real with our customers, We'll move next week to the final part in our four-part series of MRO Breakthrough Performance, covering a simple communication formula and framework. Organizational communication from up the organization, down the organization, and across the organization to ensure that a full understanding of our performance is recognized and understood. I'd love for you to learn more about what we're doing here at the Aerospace Leadership Academy. If you would like a free written guide to MRO breakthrough performance, you can head over to mroleaderguide.com. That's mroleaderguide.com and download your free guide there. You can also head over to the Aerospace Leadership Institute website at aerospaceleader.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app out there today, or head over to aerospacepodcast.com and subscribe there. That'll do it for today's show. We'll see you next week. Talk to you soon.